be bothered to fill up my bottle so I can see. This is flavoured water and this is just normal. Or what flavoured? I'm going to judge you hard. More green kiwi. Okay, no, that's a that's an 8.9. Solid. Um, yeah. Welcome to Drag Sock Podcast and today I'm here with Paris Grande. How are we, Paris? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing today, Sarah? I am okay. Um, what have I done today? I haven't really done anything today. I had a shower and at lunch, that's about it. And now I'm talking <laughs> yeah, to you. Um, I'm having a bit of a lazy day because yesterday I did uh, make up for a photo shoot for my friend who was modelling and then I went and had a meeting with a venue to set up a uh, event and then I had a meeting with my friends because we're starting a charity and then I went over with my other friend and then I forgot I was meant to be teaching a dance class so I missed that. <laughs> you are literally the queen of everything. Do you want to kind of tell the listeners what, what you kind of do? Yeah, I'll give like a sort of topical overview of um, like all the pots that I have my fingers in. Yeah, go on. Fingers in the pile. Honestly, you can say whatever you want on here. No judge, no judgments. In every pile, whatever the whatever the saying is, I'm doing that. Okay. Um, but obviously, I do my drag. I make my costumes. I style my wigs. Um, I usually edit the photos, edit music videos. So there's like that whole side of of my work. Um, and then with drag, I also facilitate a lot of events. So that's something that I've sort of got into more recently, um, and it sort of led on from. Uh, my involvement with a lot of protests over last year and this year as well. Um, so a lot of my work is with um, vulnerable groups and discriminated groups. Um, so I, I focus a lot around um, the issues that black people face in the UK, the issues that other minority ethnicities face, and the issues that refugees and asylum seekers are facing, um, issues that women face around reproduction rights, women uh, issues that trans people are facing. And I sort of, um, yeah, I organise protests, I organise rallies and um, sharing speaking events. I organise um, fundraisers and just like a whole host of, I uh, do like a food bank where it's like a pay what you can food bank. You can come and get organic, um, really healthy fruits and vegetables. And that. if you've got the money to pay, you pay. If you want to pay for the next person, you can pay for them. If you don't have any money, you can take it and like, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you've got a skill, you want to come and give us your, I don't know, you're a photographer, you want to come take pictures for us to promote what we're doing with the vegetables, you can do that as well. So, like, it's just, um, I, yeah, I like to think of myself as a facilitator, whether it's an event or whether it's um, supplies and what people need or whether it's facilitating the share of information. I like to just think of myself as, yeah, like a little bit of a busybody. Um, and if there's anything going on in Hastings where I live, um, I'm either involved in it or I know about it and I'm going to be involved in it. I'm kind of like everywhere. You're kind of like <laughs> so, an activism queen. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I also do, I teach dance classes as well. I go and work in schools and I talk to children about racism and homophobia and uh, transphobia and all that sort of thing. So yeah, just a, just a bit of everything. I don't want to have a real job, so I've made myself a hundred other million jobs so that I don't have to go and work in an office. A multimedia again. drag queen. We love it. We stand it, though. But the thing is, you're using your platform to do something good. It isn't, yeah, it isn't a bad like. thing that you're doing at all. Well, I, I, I think when I first started, so when sort of lockdown was happening and the George Floyd case was like at its inception and all of that... Um, 
tumultuous time was sort of like starting to pick up because um, it all kind of really hit at the same time. I think we'd been in lockdown for a couple of months and then uh, all the BLM protests sort of really picked up. And Definitely. so I kind of, um, so I was really focused on that. I was organizing events. We had a protest here. We had about a thousand people attend, about 30,000 people watched on a live stream, which I think I watched that. Is insane. Hastings is like a really small, white, predominant fishing town that kind of just is now left by the Tory government to rot. Um, So it's very like underfunded, a lot of drugs, a lot of crime, a lot of teen pregnancy, like a lot of issues. Um, And so I just kind of was not expecting that turnout like that at all. But it happened and it was amazing. And so I was like throwing myself into doing all these protests and events. I kind of wanted to separate drag from that um and i had it as like i'm doing my drag or i'm doing this and then as the months have sort of gone on i've realized actually they're both so connected um i've done a i did a few protests in london on intersectionality and so it was looking at decolonizing the education system and addressing like homophobia within the black community and how actually um before white europe invaded africa um third genders homosexuality um was accepted and was recognized and was part of the culture and so like addressing getting back to that um so i I've, yeah just made a lot of links and associations i didn't know existed between my queerness my drag and this activism work and sort of um i've I met a lot of um, black and mixed race people and being mixed race I've always had a lot of uh, struggles with identity and not feeling black enough and but also not feeling white enough and where do I fit into that and so I had also like a journey of um, self-acceptance helped by my friends and the people I was around because they were telling me as black people no we recognize you like you are accepted in the community like there is a place for you um, so it's been like a whole crazy <laughs> Just like, yeah, a journey of like learning how my drag activism all work together, but also how they are working together within me and how actually those two groups, um, if you look at like suffragettes and at Stonewall and at different protests like that throughout history, often it's led by queer and black people. Um, And so there's like a whole history of it that I just kind of miss because we're not taught in school. And so I've had a lot of time to just like, read and research and learn and it's been like yeah a really i know i know a lot of people want to have be like lockdown has been a really bad thing um and i can get that for some people it has for like mental health and like i've had some spouts of that but overall lockdown's been really good for me not just for my work but also for myself of like just having this time to to be with myself and thoughts and and whatever so yeah it's been a really weird year and it's felt weird to feel good about it but yeah i do yeah. have a good year i love that though because even on social media you always brighten up my my page if that makes sense even just with like little things or like you will share things that mean a lot and i think that's why you have grown as a drag artist so much Thank and you. i do share to like my story and also just like promoting other people as well there's a loads of uh, newer starting drag queens here in Hastings and the very few queer venues that are here I don't I probably won't, it's fine I can say someone's going to get in trouble they don't really book any local queens and we've tried to call them out and they don't listen and they just book girls from Brighton or girls from Drag Race um, and being in Hastings you can't go and get booked in Brighton because there's so many Brighton girls but if Brighton girls are coming to get booked in Hastings and like it doesn't matter to me because I get booked in Brighton it's not a problem <laughs> but for those queens they don't and so I 
making sure that they get opportunities um, and like doing things like promoting uh, people that don't have like the connections, the uh, or like the you, you have to be quite um, on it. Yeah, to like the way that I approach venues, and I'm like, right, this is what I've got. These are the performers I've got. We've got a show ready to go. Do you want it or not? Um, whereas some are like, hi, like I'd love to perform with you, and like that's fine. But you have to, and you get that from growing and learning and um, experience, life experience. And these queens are like 16, 17, 18, don't have that. So if I can be that person for them, that's like, hey, I got you a gig. You've just got to turn <laughs> up. Like that's that's great. Is that why you've kind of like done more like voguing lessons and started going into like schools and stuff then like you're trying to be that voice for for them younger people yeah yeah i think like looking at how queer kids now are going through school and like there'll be like five or six people out and that's like mind-blowing to me because i came out first to my mom when i was like six um in like i think i was like reception year one and then but like it kind of wasn't like like it was out but like it wasn't something we spoke about all the time it kind of just as a kid I wasn't like focused on it just kind of went on my life after I was like well I've told my mum now that's it um and then I had to kind of come out again because I left my primary school um for year six and I went to a private school for year six and seven so I missed the last year of of uh, primary school and the first year of secondary school so when I came back to secondary school public school I had to come out again to everyone because it was like only some of the people I went to primary school with, all these new people. So I came out again and I was like the only person that I knew in like a 10 year age either side, like five years younger, five years older, that I knew that was out. Maybe like kind of like one other person, like a school in Eastbourne or something like that, like (laughs) half an hour away, but like there wasn't anything. And now the way that just like, I see kids are like 14, 15, like in open relationships, open queer relationships. That's what we need. That is... It's amazing and just having, and that's in like, I was only at school 10 years ago, not even 10 years ago, like I'm only 20, I'm not even 23 yet. So like six something years ago, I was at secondary school and how much it's changed in that time is actually like insane to me. I do think like um, queer media has kind of helped a little bit, but only it shows like cis white men, if that made sense at the moment, I believe. a hundred percent. Like, we have Pose, don't get me wrong, and Pose is good, and we've had It's a Sin, but I just feel like there needs to be more out there. Not everyone can relate to that. Definitely. I I, I was quite overweight, like, from my secondary school and into college until I got to university, and I... Oh, so was I. I was like, that's it, honey, I'm losing the weight, baby girl. I ate six green apples a day, I drank five litres of water, I went to the gym for like an hour to three hours a day, I dropped the weight, did it, because I was just like over it. But before that, I I didn't ever see myself represented in media, and the only representations that you do see are either like straight white muscle jocks, mm-hmm. or really, really, really camp, like the gay best friend stereotype. And if you don't fit into either of those, then... Where, where do you see yourself represented? Yeah, because you probably grew up the same sort of generation as me, like Glee, we had Kurt, and then we had, yeah. like, Ugly Betty, Mark. Yeah, literally. That was literally all I grew up on. Stereotypical, it's just, it's like, it's not real. Um, and I think as well, I find that a lot of people, like, um, or for me specifically, especially, I don't know the word, for me anyway, what I found is that I used to camp it up a lot because I thought that's how you had to be. No, you and don't. As, as I've got older, especially over Dun Dragon, I sort of have an outlet for that expression. Um, I'm actually like a lot more like uh, straight. Air quotations, by the way, and I forget this is just audio. Um, <laughs> but 
stray or chill or I don't even know what the word is. I don't want to put a label on it but I find that like I'm more just myself maybe that's the good word to use I'm more just myself and I'm not playing up to like a stereotype character that I think I have to be because that's how I see everybody else that is perceived or presented as gay or bi or whatever in the media yeah I just feel like everyone is their own gender the way they want to be it doesn't have to be what we see in the media, but I feel like people in our generation grew up with people like Ugly Betty and Glee. And that's what we've kind of really seen. And until like the last like four or five years, we've had like Pose. And we're getting, even American Horror Story a little bit, we are getting them sort of formats that we need, but it's not good enough in my opinion, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's, it's really difficult doing queer-focused content because you want it to be queer centric, but you also don't want it to, um, I like, I just want to watch a show that's about a queer couple, but it's not about the fact they're queer. Mm. Like they're just a normal couple. And maybe like the center of the show is that they're both, I don't know, one of them's a brain scientist and one of them's a bin man or something like that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like the focus of the show isn't that they're queer, but the fact that they're queer is just there. Cause I think if you make content that's always talking about like the queer struggle and like are talking about our experiences or it's like, um, or, or the fe- the focus of the show, say like "Call Me by Your Name," is the queer relationship itself. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I know it's a film, but of like uh, uh, I can't really think off the top of my head of like a queer TV series. If I'm honest, um, okay, let's say like "Orange Is the New Black," perfect example of a of a queer show done well because it, they weren't all queer, but the majority of the storylines were told from a queer perspective, either by the actresses themselves or by the performance, mm-hmm. like the characters. But the actual focus of the show was the fact that they're in prison and it's not the fact that they're queer, but we're getting all of these like different examples of queerness in a in a in a show that also touches on some other really hard hitting um, topics. And I think because they're peppered in and they're not the focus, it almost makes it easier to absorb for a straight audience. Like think how many straight people loved Orange is the New Black. My mum loved it. No talk of like, but when there's other queer shows say like it's a sin, there were so many negative reviews because it was so explicitly about queerness. Mm-hmm. But because Orange and the New Black, it was just presented as something that was part of these people's lives and not their whole life. It had so much more success. And like this is a sin is great, and so I'm not dragging on that. I'm just saying that the way that straight audiences perceive media is very important, and and the way that they perceive it because it's. It, it needs sometimes something else to help with the delivery to make it I know that not all queer content is meant to be um, meant to be necessarily made or or uh, watched by straight people but and I think if we're always creating straight content for straight people and queer content for queer people there's always going to be a separation and a divide oh of course but that's when drag race comes into it because loads of straight people adore drag race and I don't I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> it's like they find it really funny they don't find it art or anything if that made sense yeah I think it's um, that's the that's the queer community feeling safe and they're kind of like stepping their toes into it a little bit I think I think you get a similar thing with like um, have you seen Bad Girls Club yeah I think that like it can kind of become a little bit like sectatory, like a show like a like a come and see, not like a freak show, but you know how like in the old days, freak circus, come and see this like weird thing. And really for those people, that's just their life. So like, I think that there might be an element of that of like, I feel like when 
white straight people watch anything that's not about them there's always that lens of like oh my god we're getting like a sneak peek into this like world that's so far detached from ours and it feels it feels like they're kind of like in awe but also disgusted but shocked but surprised but they can't turn away but they must it's like so (laughs) do you know what i mean it's like um i don't it just feels like a, a slightly um it's mainstream that's what it is it's just mainstream media now and i feel feel like even the uk one bbc what it should be channel four i think but bbc because they have the bbc in canada and australia because they're commonwealth and so then that way like we get australia and canada on bbc whatever channel is the equivalent of bbc in yes queen elizabeth gets the other because of yeah because of that bitch queen elizabeth (laughs) the reason why when i win all stars four or five or season four or five of uk drag race when i win my season i'm not gonna get no money the reason why is because that bitch queen elizabeth and we already been knew that she done fucked up the whole country but we all know the real woman who fucked up the country was miss margaret thatcher Anyone that's watched season four of The Crown knows that one. Oh, but see, when I watched The Crown, for like, see, I think season one to two, I was like, I love you, Liz. I love you all the time. Then after that, I kind of was like, on and off. I loved her half the time because half the time she was like reading the bitches for filth and I was here for it. The other <laughs> half the time she was letting the bitches off with it and I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this. So I... I'm, I'm excited to see how I feel about her in the new seasons when they come out. But my relationship with, with uh, good old Liz has been very... Comsi, comsa. Yeah, comsi, comsa, very up and down, very, very much that. Because she, she, she a flip-flop. That's what she is. She likes to flip-flop. <laughs> what is she? Gandalf's flip-flop. I, I will drag her... Let me catch her in a dark alleyway. I'm joking. Is this treason? Is this treason? Because my law teacher told me that even thinking about killing the queen is treason. It's when you kill a swan, ain't it, as well? If you kill a swan, that's basically killing the queen. When I was growing up, there was a a show on BBC, speaking of the BBC, there was a show on there, and I don't know how this was allowed in the early 2000s, but would never happen now. And it was called Free Non-Blondes, and it was these three black women who went out in public and did kind of like um, impractical joker sort of sketches, but they were actually funny, right? There was like actual comedy to them. And one of them, this woman, obviously being black, they could play with like all the accents and like the, the stereotypes that white people hold on them, they played up to them. And so this one woman, she's like dressing like full African garb, and she's gone into the butchers and she's like, hello my darling, can you tell me, I'm looking for the bird with the long neck. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, she's like, the bird with the long neck, I see it down by the water, it's the big white bird with the long neck, very delicious. And he's like, a swan? And she's like, listen, I don't know what it's good. I want the bird with the long neck, I make it for my soup. And he's like, you can't eat that, that's a swan. <laughs> and so she, she's like, dude, fully, fully trying to get him to sell her a swan. And she's like, you can't, you're gonna get arrested. And she's like, no, 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 I have it all the time, very delicious. I put it in a stew. It's so funny. And so you just saying about that just triggered a little memory, but. <laughs> but this was like a full show that ran for like a couple of seasons on BBC. And it had one of the women, I can't remember her name, but she's in, she played a character in EastEnders. And, I have no and idea. Then, the other two they've just kind of just been like around on bbc shows i can't even think let me look up their names i have no idea but i just love josh o'connor he's the guy that plays uh, prince charles 
<laughs> I have like the oh. biggest fanny flow in the room. <laughs> I don't know why. I hate I hate Charles. I hate Charles, but I love I Oh I fucking hate Charles. <laughs> okay, so their names are Tamika Epson. She was on um She was on um EastEnders. Minya Benjamin and Jocelyn Lee Essien. Oh, Jocelyn Lee, yeah, that's, that rings a bell. Yeah. One of them was on, I think she went on to Strictly Come Dancing at one point, and they've all just, like, been, since then, and probably before, and they've just been, like, in different BBC shows. But the listeners might know who they are, and if you haven't seen Free Non Blondes, it is on Netflix. I have, actually, the DVD box set, so I don't need the Netflix, but <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It is absolutely fucking hilarious all right rich bitch over here it's so good (laughs) why did we go on about swans (laughs) oh no what i do i get so sidetracked so do i honestly now i want to watch the crown what's wrong with me josh o'connor that's what's wrong with me i i do love the crown I was doing it like very slowly so I'd watch like one episode I'd either watch like a series in a day or watch like one episode a month <laughs> I've been like really dragging it out I just love it I can't wait for season four because it's going to have Nancy Nancy boy on it isn't it even more so and it's got um, what's her name um 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 she's the woman isn't she she's the She's going to be the new queen. I have no idea. Imelda Staunton. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I haven't really looked into it. She used to be... Oh, yeah, it is her. She was... um, What's her name? Oh, the bitch. Dolores Umbridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be golden. I hope... I See, I'm just sad that I'm not going to see Imelda drag um, Thatcher. would have absolutely dragged that bit yeah but Julian Anderson did such a good performance of that I can't hands down what a fucking sexy legend but then, back, but then she, this is what I mean when I say this she's a flip flop because then she backtracked and after Margaret Thatcher got her job taken from her by the men's she was like I'm going to give you an award because you're so good because Margaret was sad so it's like you're flip flopping ass hoe because in one minute you're dragging this bitch for filth quite rightfully so and then the next you're like mm, let me give her a prize <laughs> it's 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 the inconsistency for me but then that might just be the crown making a script if you know what I mean it's not everything on the crown is true but no but anything like that I feel like is like anytime they like make a statement about like awards and stuff I feel like then things happened Maybe. Because the Winston Churchill thing did happen. Oh, Winston Churchill. (laughs) When I found out all that, because obviously we learned a little bit about him at school. Oh, he's such a racist. He needs to get in the bin. Like 15,000 people in London to just die because he didn't want to stop burning coal. And And then people wonder why we're literally like, the world is dying. And it's because people like him still exist. And he's like... Burn the coal, fuck the people. <laughs> yeah, because I, re- I remember watching that episode. My nan was round, and my nan has um, dementia and Alzheimer's, and she went, Oh, that fucking knobhead's not done it again. And I was like, Nan, it's a fucking. It's not real. It's not real. 
she went, it happened, it happened in 19 whatnot. And I was like, nah, no, 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 it might happen, but it ain't happening yet. <laughs> Joycey, calm down. Oh, that's so funny. She got so, like, high-rated as well. She was like, I, I just, I find it so... Like, this is why I struggle with, like, the concept of education as a whole, because we're not taught those things in school, and I feel like they're more important than the things that we do learn about Winston Churchill. Like, all we learn is, oh, he saved the war, but actually, that's not even what happened. If you actually, that's like, it's just all a lie. Um, and I feel like it's more imperative to know that the person who was running the country was happy with, like, their own country died. Like, the things that like that Boris Johnson does that I just feel like there's no way that people know that he does these things because otherwise how is he still how yeah wasn't he in the newspaper the other day about his apartment yeah his apartment done where he said let the bodies pile high he's like literally fuck them bitches um and and like what what we need to be more French we need to take to the streets and we need to just like chop them bitches heads off we need to finish what Guy Fawkes started (laughs) I was born on Gunfight Guy Fawkes Day. We need to fucking blow that shit up. Like, oh. bye bye Parliament, bye bye Boris. But then I, I think the Royals need to go as well. Oh, yeah. Let's wait until they're all. <gasps> we should have done it at the funeral. Could have got them all in one go. No, I, anyway, I think after like Queen Elizabeth has died, flip flop. But like. I think oh, once she dies, that's it, I think. No one wants Charles. No one wants Camilla, and especially not after we've all seen the crown now and how they were to uh, our Lady Di. I love Lady Di, rest, rest her soul. soul. God, <laughs> we said that in the rest same time. soul. Honestly, I'm not ready to see her die in the crown. I'm not ready for it. I wonder how they're going to do it. Are they going to like portray it like the, the royals has something to do with it? Or... I think this is my thing. I don't believe it was the Royals, but I think it was um, MI5 or whatever our secret services. It's linked. There's something there that's linked. There were rumours that Diana was pregnant with the man that owns Harrods and he is Muslim or Mm. from the Middle East. Yeah, they were on a yacht, weren't they? There was no way that they were going to allow the future King of England to have a Middle Eastern muslim stepbrother or sister like it was never gonna happen but it's like the whole like, Meghan markle thing now isn't it exactly but she's not in she's never going to be king she's never going to be queen no. she's not in the line it's, it's weird how history star, like like goes back that diana had would have been in the secession oh, it's weird how like, history is kind of going back on itself no literally it just it doesn't there's no way that she just it was an accident i don't believe it no no me neither I, I do think there is there is a link there, but I don't know where the link is, is if that made sense. Like, yeah, the driver was drunk, but... It, but what's me? I, I don't... That, I, I, need, I need to see the biopsy. I need to see it all. That even, because drivers, do you know what they do, right? They drive, and then they sit in the car, and they wait for you to come out. They're not coming in with you getting pissed. Especially, like, yeah, no. It just doesn't... One plus one equals two, and if you try and tell me it's seven, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And that's what I feel like they're trying to do with that. They're trying to tell me that one plus one is seven. I'm like, honey, boo, boo, child, that does not add up. <laughs> I want to see the receipts. There is no receipts. They're all gone. Charles, Charles used them as toilet paper in the hospital, clearly. 
I will fight him. If I saw him just by chance walking down the street one day, it's on site. It's, it's, it's that image that I can't get out of my head of his fingers. Whenever we talk about Charles, like I'm picturing it in my head and I don't feel very well. Absolute Richmond. <laughs> I hate Richmond. Lovey nubbins. He is there, like... I need a Linda McCartney, not fucking Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, them them two deserve to be together because they're both trash. But he's a Scorpio man. He's a Scorpio man. It says a lot. I'm a Scorpio man. What are you trying to say? Charles is definition of Scorpio man, sun, moon and rising. I'm not like him, though. No, but what is your sun and what is your rising? That dictates it. Let me get it up on my chart. If you're a triple Scorpio, R.I.P. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm a double Scorpio and I'm an absolute bitch. <laughs> how, I can't remember how you find that. What's that website called where it tells you it? Because I have done it before. Um, it's not Star... It might be Star Sign, maybe. But then you have to have all your dates and stuff like that. I know all of that. I know all that. Um... They emailed it to me. <laughs> Let me find it. Yeah, no, I'm a double Scorpio and I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm pretty evil, believe it or not. I'm just trying to... I'm pretty sure I've had an app for it. Yeah, and then the app, loads of people online were like, no, it's not real, it's spooky. Oh, what was it? The white one with the dots around it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to see. Oh, this is going to stress me out now. I'm going to be fixated on what is my fucking... <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's very rare that someone's like three of something, if that made sense. But it's just loaded now. It's called Coaster. Yeah, that's it. It's like 666, the devil. Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio. And then like that, if you get a straight Virgo, it's like a bingo chart of like bad luck. Okay, I've got to sign in. I'm going to cut member. <laughs> I'm assuming I did it in my Apple ID. <laughs> oh, um, wait, when was you born? Oh, it's not working. I'm born November 20th. So you just miss it? Just miss? No, I'm Scorpio. Yeah, but you're near the end of... You're like... Uh, they tried to tell me I'm Ultra Peaches or whatever mm. that... You know, they tried to say that they were changing the star signs and they were getting shit. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Stick to the status quo, as High School Musical said. And I was like, that's just not true. That's no, just not... you can't just swap them overnight. I lied to her several times to make her think <laughs> that she was beautiful, pretty, fly, happening, and she's nothing like that. She's nothing of the sort. Oh, no, but Charles is a weird one. She's a fat <laughs> No, but it's very odd that you get someone with, like, three star signs the exact same. Yeah, how would that even happen? That's, like... Evil. <laughs> Because normally people have, like, like I've got a bit of Sagittarius in me. But if I had three Scorpio, I would be bad news. It's telling me that my username is already taken. <laughs> when I should... Oh, okay, it's letting me log in now. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Here we go. That took way too long. <laughs> okay, so, I am... I've got, I've got them all. So all right. my Aquarius is Ascendant. Okay. My Aquarius is Jupiter. Okay. My Aries is Saturn. And my Virgo is Mars. I'm a Scorpio Sun. Yeah. I'm 
for Venus, Pluto, Moon, and Mercury, they're all Sagittarius. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. And you have a soul. Capricorn, and my Aquarius is Uranus. Yeah, no, you have a. You have a. <laughs> Congratulations, you have a soul. <laughs> so I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I got. I don't know why all of them are all Sagittarius. My Venus, Pluto, Moon, and Mercury. It's to do with the where you was born, the time, and it, it, the where the Moon and the Sun were when you were born. I love it. In it, but it's so weird that people have three of the same ones. Like, I having all of them the same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. It's really weird. Yeah. That is. It came up on my own Twitter once and I was like, no, Prince Charles can't be. Then I looked at it and I was like, fuck. That's, that literally says 101 words in one thing. Oh, I don't like him. There was a video of him and Camilla and they were. it was like these people doing throat singing, which is like a... Oh, and they were laughing. I've yeah, seen laughing. that. That's not right either. They're like 60-something, like full-grown adults. Laughing. But there wasn't any young children or anything... Oh, was, I, I just I just think they're rude. I just And she's a bit fugly, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, but how did he how did how did he go from Diana to that? Well, it's like Waitrose and then the off licence down the road. Hey, don't be dragging the off licence <laughs> down the road, they got some deals. <laughs> Not the one near me. My one's rough. No. All it sells is Magnum. Magnet, what, condoms? No, it's like a little jar of, like, um, Jamaican um, tonic wine. It gets you really fucking shit-faced, like, all the alcoholics drink it. <laughs> I've never heard of it. It's like, um, but, oh, not Buckfizz, um, Buckfast. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that's, mm. Yeah, but it, ta- it tastes like um, vanilla syrup in it. Right. It, but it's not great. I don't really drink anyway, so I definitely don't want to drink something that someone's brewed in a jar. <laughs> No, and it's quite expensive. I think it's like three pound fifty, and it's like at the size of like a cow pole. It's it comes in like a cow pole like bowl. That sounds. I don't trust that. Welcome to Essex. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to give you like hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I tried one the other day, and uh, it didn't go very well. No, I was sick. Oh no! Is that why you were ill, or were you just ill anyway? I, I was just ill anyway, to be honest <laughs> with you. Well, I had surgery in my boob, didn't I? So. Yeah. How does everything go? You're all good. I'm. I'm alive. Um, it turned out I had a cyst, so they put like this massive syringe in my tit while I had like an ultrasound scan. This woman was like scanning me, and this woman had this massive like needle thing just sucking out pus. <gasps> oh, that, it was day, and then I found out I had um, fibromyalgia. Oh, no. All in my tits. I love that. What do they do? How? What do they do to... Uh, there's no cure. There's no cure. Doctors ain't found a cure on it yet. What? Yeah. Oh. I have to cut that bit out, sorry. My mum's going to Asda. Oi, oi. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's no cure for it. It's literally, I'm just in constant pain with my tits. Oh, no. I know. Oh, that's so weird. I thought usually it's like um. In your knees and your joints. Yeah, yeah no. Joints. 
No, and when I had the ultrasound, because if I would have had a mammogram, what you get for like breast cancer screenings when you're over 50, yeah. um, as female, younger females, they have like fatty tissues anyway. Like, okay, we haven't got saggy tits yet. <laughs> so um, that's literally what they described it to me. So I had an ultrasound, like baby ultrasound on my tits. Weird vibe, <laughs> weird vibe. And this woman was like, I'm so sorry. And I thought she was going to say like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they, they were like, no, you just have really bad fibromyalgia and there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, no. I was like, oh. So they, they told me just to take some, like, um, primrose oil, but the capsules are, like, that big. It's like a... It's a massive fucking tablet full of liquid. Yeah, nice big fat tablet for a big fat neck just get it down there, girl. But it's, ru- it's rough. It's not great. Well, they like, oh, I used to have like cod liver oil. Yeah, they're like that. Hang on. It bursts in your throat. It's like. Yeah. Burst, slimy. They're rough. Yeah, they're kind of like that. They're like. Oh my god, that's huge. It is. Like, the same size as my eye. But, um,. Yeah, let's let's go back on to task because we've ended up talking about evening primrose oil, my lumpy boobs, and the crown, and a flip flop. <laughs> like, I'm um, gonna take a quick break for ads and just cut that bit out. <laughs> oh yeah, I probably will. But um, maybe let's talk a bit more about protests. Okay, okay. I feel like protests. Do you think drag has given you more confidence with protesting? Like, giving you that platform that you can actually speak um, more freely? No, I think I've always just been a bit of a, a loudmouth. Um, I got kicked out of year 11 because I held a protest at school. So this was, like, before drag, before everything else. Um, I'm just a very... Like, I don't... I don't... Um, I'm not someone that just can keep my mouth shut. And I'm not someone that just won't say anything. So if I feel that there's something wrong or unjust or whatever, I'm going to say it. Um, and so I've just always been that person and often I'll be that person for other people because other people don't want to say it. And so whether it was in school, because I think at the time they wouldn't let us have Mufti Day or something like that, it was like whatever. But at the time that was like really important to everyone. And so I was like, well, fuck it. We're going to have a protest. So um, I, I think that's just sort of been my personality and just how I deal with things. Um, if there's a problem, i go and solve it, you know? Yeah. So, or like, attempt, I'm not saying that my protests have solved anything like that, um, but like at least go in and make an attempt to lead in towards a solution. So, yeah, when the protest ha- was starting to happen um, last year, um, I was like, I'm going to do one. I'm just going to do one in Alexandra Park, which is like my local park. So I made an event page, invited all the people that I knew that probably want to come. Um, and I was like, cool, I'll go down there. I'll take a, a sign and we'll just do a protest. And I just was like, yeah, cool. And then it sort of grew. And by the end of the week, the plans for the event, we had a full PA sound system, like 15 to 20 people coming down to speak and share. Um, different aspects of what we were protesting and why and how people can get involved. We had hundreds of ropes cut up into two metre strips so that everyone can be visual, social distance, so that anyone taking a picture can't try and be like, these people want social distance or like try and make out that 
the protest was bad because this was like right at the start lockdown. of the protest. Lockdown, when everyone was like, what the hell, this is like crazy, like whatever, when people were taking it seriously. Um, and and yeah, so we had all, all these people, the police came down, they were there, it was the Brighton police, the protest police, they said it was the most well-organised um, event that they'd ever seen for like a protest or anything. We had children and families and old people and adults and pets and like, yeah, everyone was there. About a thousand people attended in person, about 30,000 people watched it on live stream. Um, and yeah, it was just like a really, really nice event. Nice sounds like, that's such a weird word. It was for a good reason. Just seeing so many people come together and it was a lot of white people. And so seeing a lot of white people showing up for something that doesn't directly affect them. Um, I mean, since then we've done other protests and there's not been the same turnout. And I think that we've seen it across social media as well, that people that were sharing about it every day are now not sharing about it at all. Um, because it's gone back to that if it's not something that affects you, it's something that you don't need to be involved mm-hmm. with. That's what it feels like. A See, lot of the time. I was at the pub with my friend the other day and I was talking about these protests and they were like, um, I don't think the protests would have happened if we didn't have lockdown and people had time to think and actually recall these these his- historical moments and stuff like that. And people have the time, especially like with the George Floyd thing, people had time, they wanted to listen. And they, they were adamant that protests probably wouldn't have happened if lockdown wasn't a thing. I don't think that we would have seen... Not, in America, they would have, because those protests were happening... Oh, I mean, like, worldwide, especially, like, in the yeah. UK. In the UK, I think, I think I agree that a lot of the protests that happened wouldn't have happened had we been in any other year just going to work. Because when these protests in America peaked in 2016 and 2018... There were a few here, but not at the extent that they are happening. Because we still have protests happening right now, not about George Floyd, obviously, um, about the shit that we've got going on here, but there are still protests happening at the moment trying to stop the bill that's looking to go through the Police Sentencing Crime Courts and Powers Bill. Um, and I've, We've done a protest here about that recently um, that I led and um, shared some poetry and it was really nice. And <laughs> Ding dong. But yeah, I was just saying with the whole confidence within drag, because drag is kind of known as like a political statement to some people. Yeah. Well, it has always been a political statement. I just thought maybe it kind of gave you more of a confidence to speak more of your opinion. Well, I started doing drag because I wanted to be like Ariana. And (laughs) I'd stopped performing. I hadn't done performance for uh, a couple of years other than cheer. Um, All the way from like four to 16, I did musical theatre, performing arts, um, ballet, tap, modern jazz, street dance. Um, like everything um, a bit like me I stopped all of that when I got to college um, and then when I got back to uni I was like oh, I want to do something I want to start doing something and then I was like well fuck it I'm just going to do drag so I didn't get in it to make a political statement or to challenge gender binary or to anything like that like I just wanted to be pretty and I wanted to perform that was it the um, the politicalness has, or the politicality whatever the word is has come 
because of everything else, I've now started to put the two together. So I think maybe... Two I've hobbies done, into one, then. Yeah, I think maybe I've done, like, the opposite direction to everybody else. I've started with it because I want to perform, and now I've made it. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else's journey or how they relate their politics to it, but, yeah, I, um, I found... I, I've always been political, and I've always been very public with politics. Um, in the 2017 election, I was working with my college to get people signed up and to get people to vote in. And um, in the 2019 election, I did a lot as well for canvassing and that for for Jeremy. Um, not personally. But Love you, Jezza. hopes <laughs> of getting Jeremy in. Bring um, back Jeremy. <laughs> Oh, don't. It breaks my heart every day because even today... He was so right. right. He was so right. ...by Keir. He is still out today telling people to go and vote for Labour. I saw that picture. He has so much integrity. If I can live my life with a ounce of the amount of integrity, integrity that Jeremy Corbyn has and has shown, and it's not it, it's not just how like his that people that support him feel voting record you can look at what he says and what he does and that those things always match up and he has always been a man of his word and has always stood up for what is right even if it's not something that directly affects him he's very much that person and i think it will go down in history as the the uh, the greatest prime minister we, that we never had and probably if we had him would have been the greatest prime minister that we did have i'm not like i, I know it sounds like big words for someone that has not been Prime Minister, he's, ne- he's never had the opportunity to show that, but you just can't, like, it, you just can't say anything else, it's, I'm sorry, if you say anything else, you're crazy. It's it's, I just find it ironic that uh, people are like, oh, free Wi-Fi, that's crazy, and stuff like that. What's happening now? The uni's funding me for free Wi-Fi, all of a sudden. Exactly. It's the- the, there's a tick list of things that Jeremy said in the 2017 and 2019 election, and he was saying them pre-pandemic, so he was saying them not because we needed them, but because people deserved them. That's mm. the difference. The Tories want to do everything at the last minute and underfund it and make sure that it's shit as well. <laughs> Whereas, like, Jeremy wants to do it before the problem has even arisen or to combat the problem before it comes too much, you know? Mm. It's an entirely different way of uh, approaching politics. I think that back in the day, in, like, the 50s and the 60s, people got into politics, whether it was left-wing or right-wing, because they wanted to make a difference. Yes. And they... This wasn't about post-war, it wasn't about money. It, w- it was about making the country better. Even if I don't agree with what they did say, like Winston Churchill, given the the time, the the, the timeless society at that time, he still, I don't think, did many things to pretend, like to purposefully sell off assets that are protecting the country or or, or whatever. Like he was a twat. He was a cunt. He did a lot of horrible things, mm-hmm. but. Like, I don't think that he was out to mess up the country and just get loads of money for his mates. Whereas that is what we have seen since Margaret Thatcher and and all the subsequent governments since then, even the Labour ones, and I use that term loosely, Labour, because they're like, Tony Blair was best friends with Margaret Thatcher. They used to have weekly meetings before and after he took over and was prime minister or whatever. it was like their plan to shift Labour to the right so that even if you're voting left, it's still right. I just can't believe she died at the Ritz, to be honest with you. I just want to... I want to resurrect her so I can fucking get her. I, I remember she died when I was in secondary school and um, my tutor, which was a German teacher called Mr Reed, he just put all these like, yes, the 
the Iron Lady's dead, all these YouTube things. And I was like, who the, who's Margaret Thatcher? The number one song on iTunes when she died was Ding Dong, The Wicked Witch is Dead. Yeah. From, um, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Trending, baby. <laughs> well, I, I, remember, I remember seeing that. That was a, a good time. She should have died in Jaywick or something, not the Ritz. She should have fucking died in birth so she would have had a chance to live that the lady is not returning your majesty oh she's trash get her in the bin but um speaking about your like dance childhood paris grande where did you get the name from so the full name is paris robin b grande del rey which is Paris is Paris Hilton. She's she's a cunt, but like everyone loves her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, when you watch that's like, hard. She's like, oh my god, some of the things that they did to those like poor people. But <laughs> I don't know if you've got the same clip in my head, or I don't know. But there's so many. So good. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, I feel like I like to be like her, like that, like borderline of like. When I'm in drag, I ask people to hold my bag. I'm like, can you go get me a drink? Oh, thank you, honey. But like, I'm so nice about it, but it's still like kind of cundy. That's like my personality. So I I paste like the personality around Paris. And then Robin is Rihanna's first name. Love that. Not many people know that either. No, I know. Well, I'll tell you a little little secret. (laughs) My great aunt's sister-in-law. Yeah, my great aunt's sister-in-law is Rihanna's mum. What? So... Weird. It's like second cousin twice removed or something. Can you get me some Fenty? <laughs> only married, related through marriage, and they were married long before Rihanna was ever born. And I've never met her, and she doesn't know who I am. But if I drew up my family tree, she's on there. So it's, here's me, my granddad, my granddad's sister, her sister, no, her husband and her, wait, my granddad's sister's husband's sister. Yeah, so here's me, here's my mum, here's my granddad, his sister, she's married. That man's sister is Rihanna's mum. What? My granddad's from Barbados, honey. I've got all the family over there. I go and visit them. But I ain't never met her. But like, <laughs> once I get verified, I can start tweeting her and she'll see it because I'll be in the verified inbox on or like on Instagram if I get verified. And I can tell her who I am and then she'll be like, okay, cool, come and kick it. So you'll um, wait until Drag Race season four or five. Get verified so I can just become friends with Rihanna. Um, so that's Paris Robin. The B is for Mel B. Had to have a spice girl in there. I um, didn't know that one. I knew the other ones. <laughs> Had to have a Spice Girl in there. Love the Spice Girls very much. Very oh, the Spice much Girls are iconic. Girls. And I just, it had to be Mel B because I remember watching the Spice Girls movie a lot. But I remember that when she's like, when I say go, we go, go. And then they run and like it was iconic. And I grew up saying that like, it, that was like a little thing in our family. Like we'd be sitting at the table, like we're in a restaurant and I'd be like, right. Like, we say that as if we're, like, pretending not to pay. But obviously we always paid. Like, no one actually went. But we just wound it up to each other, like, as if we were going to run away quickly. And so when it was time to pick a Spice Girl for the name, I was like, well, I want an initial. I want to keep it quick and simple. I don't want to put another whole name in there. So it was either Mel B or Mel C. And, I mean, let's be honest now, it wasn't going to be Mel C. So, no. so Mel B. Um, so Robin, Paris Robin, B, Grande is Ariana, obviously. Um, and then Del Rey for Lana because I'm a sad bitch. <laughs> I love I love Lana, but she I she's like, come up with quite a lot of um, online 
trolls at the moment. That, it's a that, graphic designer thing. It's about the white friends and no other colour. No, no, no. It's the mask. It's the mask. It's the mesh mask. It's the Karen mask for me. <laughs> the Karen mask? She's bringing out another album in like three or four months or something. It's in June, I thought. She said June yeah, and then she... She just dropped one. Yeah, because it's Picard, isn't it? Have you seen the, gra- the graphics? I know, I know. It's, ta- it's terrible. <laughs> she hasn't even put a film. <laughs> I did like her new album, though. I oh, her- yeah. Backwards Against the Ox, something like that. Orange Trees and that. The poems are really good as well. Oh, no, you're talking about Chemistry Trial. Trials over yeah. County Lines. Oh, no, I was talking about her poem book. That was quite good. Yeah, I didn't read it. <laughs> Fake fan. I'm really excited for Marina's new album as well. Oh, yes. Gotta love, love Bubblegum, bitch. I've been obsessed with Man's World. And, I don't want to live based on it, And I've, I've filmed a music video, but I need to edit it. Um, actually, that's a good segue. If we want to talk about, like, Dragon stuff, I'll tell you about, like, my process of how I come up with looks and everything. Because it's... I can use Man's World as an example. Yeah, go on. Um, I kind of like find a song or find new music just like in my general life and I'll become obsessed with a song so for a little bit I was obsessed with Man's World and so when I get obsessed with a song I play it like on repeat for multiple days at a time I do that uh, and like, I'll go and maybe like when I'm in the shower I'll listen to it when I'm walking anywhere I listen to it like all day at any point I'm listening to music I listen I to the one song on repeat and then it becomes obsessive and then I'm like, okay, I need to do something to give me like a creative outlet because otherwise I'm gonna just keep listening to this song forever. And so <laughs> I then get. Do you reckon that's a bit of ADHD? Yeah, definitely. Oh it's god. A, I, my whole life is just based around fixations. I'm obsessed with Lil. I drink so much Lil. I have a clipper collection because I'm obsessed with clippers. clippers. I used to be a Spragginator for Lucy Spraggin. <laughs> Before I was an Arianator. Was she the one that sung um, last night? I told you, I loved you. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little bitch, mate. I was her number one fan page, right? I had her username was L Spragan. My username was I Spragan, but the capital I looks like a lowercase L. Genius. So I thought until she got them to delete me because apparently I was impersonating her. One of my friends actually went on a date with her. At work, yeah. But uh, apparently she was nice, but it just didn't work. I think she lives in Brighton now. Oh, does she? Yeah. Lucy Spragnan, are you listening? (laughs) She's a, you know, you know about her. We we know her, we know her Dorothy. (laughs) Friend of Dorothy. Friend of Dorothy, yeah. No, when you're a lesbian, it's not Dorothy. No, that's just a white man thing, isn't it? Yeah, if you're, what is it? Friend of Sheila? (laughs) I've never heard that one. No, neither have I, I just made it up. Oh. Friend friend of Garnum. I don't know. Garnum, I don't know. I don't know any famous lesbians. Do you know what springs to mind? The two um, Russian singers. Oh, the things you said, oh, it's it's running through my head. I don't know why. Friend of Ellen. No, that's trash. <laughs> Hi, are you a friend of Ellen? Are you a friend of Ellen? She's generous. Oh, oh my God, that's what you could, you could be like, is she generous? Because there's Ellen DeGeneres. Oh. Right, listeners, this is a bin. This <laughs> <laughs> ain't right. No, I, no, no, no. I think that's the new, the new code word for lesbians. 
she's generous. Do you know she's generous? <laughs> I think that's more of an insult than a, a question, to be honest with you. What can you do? You've got to insult a few people along the way. But you're going to have no like, friends. Break a few hearts before you... See, this what I, I know sayings, but I can't remember them. Break. So then it, I like, know the concept of it. You've got to break a few hearts before you... Something, or you've got to break a few eggs before you make a cake. I've never heard of that one. But a butch yeah. audio. But yeah. Audio is in there. You like a little laugh sound. <laughs> I'm just going to keep that in. <laughs> a whole half an hour of my podcast is just going to be you going, ha <laughs> ha! Oh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So let the song get obsessed in, and then I will come up with a concept. So, for Man's World, I really liked the idea of, like, all the women, and obviously because I'm doing it as Paris, I view myself as a woman, not as a drag queen. That's got to be from... Like, she's a woman. Okay, yeah, okay. She's a woman, you know? So, like, some people's characters are drag queens, some people's characters are, like, based on a celebrity. So, like, you're talking about personas, but you just think so you're a woman. Paris is just an every... Paris is just a woman, she's got three kids, and she performs at night time... When her kids are asleep. Okay. Um, she's got a boyfriend, but he's good for nothing. Absolute nothing. So the trash, um, the trash bin's coming back out, lads. And Paris's real name is not Paris, but she doesn't tell anyone that because she's on the run. Ah. It's the whole backstory. So she's like a whole other. It's not me getting into drag. Why don't you write a book as well while you're at it? Activism, <laughs> online, <laughs> dancer, <laughs> teacher, <laughs> protester, author. Oh, <laughs> Paris will write the book. It's not my story to tell. Well, I know, but I'm just telling the manager that I'm speaking to right now for oh, Paris. Okay, okay. the manager. <laughs> <laughs> but again, so she's in this fantasy world. She's ran off. All the women have ran off. All the men, they just left them. All the women have gone back to nature, and we're all just like we're just being in the nature, right? So the man's world, what the look that I created was like she's become the light, like. The oh. women are so happy now that they've become light itself. Mm. Like she is the she is the happiness, she is the energy, she is the source of all life, right? Right. Um, and all the women just run around and they just... There's lights and rainbow literally leaving their body wherever mm. they go. And we just... We don't need men anywhere. So that was the concept for, like, the look. And there's butterflies all in the hair. And if you want to have a look at it, go look at it on my Instagram. And then, <laughs> So that's, like, the look. Oh, yeah, it's available on merch now. Now available on iTunes, RuPaul. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what this reminds me of? Frenemies? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's because it's got the line down the middle. You're pink I and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the the UK version of Treasure. UK hunt. Being bang bong. What's the UK equivalent of frenemies? It'd be like me and you. <laughs> That's no, I feel like everyone in the UK they just fuck their frenemies because it's usually like an ex that they. Oh make. yeah, true. Um... <laughs> See, I never had that because my ex was so immature that after we broke up, he moved back to Scotland. <laughs> Are you scared of a way to Scotland? He's near me. I'm not allowed to call him, not allowed to text him. He doesn't have any social media, so I can't stalk him either. Oh. Cameron, if you're listening to this, I hope the fuck you're not. 
If I'm not allowed to stalk you, you're definitely not allowed to come listen to me. Now available on iTunes. <laughs> but, um, I gave you album Cameron I hope you're not listening to me now available on iTunes <laughs> don't forget it'll be on Paris's Instagram as well <laughs> but um, what protests have you got planned have you got any more planned um, we just had one on the 1st of May that was a- another one about the um, the immigration bill at the moment that's sort of what we're focusing on is work whether it's in person or whether it's contacting MPs or whatever. Um, have you made like a community yeah. of like people to help? Yeah, like, have you made like a safe like like a safe bubble? If that's yeah, there's a really really nice community of like grassworks, grassroots, um, and like um, social enterprise and like all things where we like support each other. So the people that I work with. At the food bank, we also work together on um, collaborative works with children or going into schools. So like, we all support each other in different ways. A lot of the people that I have performing at my protest, I'm oh, yeah. oh um, festival. So I'm organising a festival. I think um, didn't you try and do that last year? Yeah, and then we COVID did last year, but just wasn't allowed to do it. So this year is happening. It's called Black Magic Fest. It is a festival exhibiting. British Afro-Caribbean performers exclusively. So in Hastings, we have a lot of creative arts festivals and artsy things, um, but it's often there'll be like one black performer as like a token performer trying to like meet a criteria. And so I wanted to create an event where it was highlighting and showing that without, and there's a focus on British Afro-Caribbean culture, which is different than Afro-Caribbean culture. Oh yeah. Afro-Caribbean culture because there's a lot of the time that it goes to almost like a um, like a stereotypical place where it's like the only time we're invited to share our culture is if we dress up in a traditional costume and do the what they still think of as African culture. Do you know what I mean? It's like Halloween um, where people dress up wrong. It's like a Halloween costume where actually I'm I'm British but I'm also Caribbean. But I live in the UK and how I exhibit that culture is is entirely different. And there's a lot of people here that are either mixed race or uh, like mixed with British or are just um, immigrated here at some point. Um, But they are living as black people in Britain, which is a different experience than living as a white person in Britain. And it's also different than living as a black person in the, in the Caribbean or in Africa and so our experiences and our culture are entirely unique and I wanted to represent that perspective of look we are black and mixed race but we're also British and we're also talented performers um, and and show it from that perspective rather than it being like the culture and let me show you how I traditional African dance for you like eh, like no actually I'm going to come and I'm going to I'm just going to turn out a lip sync and I'm going to do some death drops and maybe that's not Caribbean culture, maybe that's queer culture, but I'm just showing you what it means to be a person of the Afro-Caribbean diaspora in the UK and what that means to me. So that's like the the goal and the concept and the premise of the event. No, I love that. I think that's a really, I think that's really good. And I think it needs to get with the times and you're doing, you're doing something that is getting with the times. Have you found enough performers just in case anyone's listening to hit you up? Unfortunately, we're all booked up for Ooh. this year. We've reached the budget of oi, oi. Uh, 
there's everything else, but we'll be coming back bigger and better next year. So I will definitely be always, um, anything that I cast for, I always post on my social media. Um, but we are fully booked up now. We have drag performers, we have some dancers, singers, some rappers, and people sharing poetry. We were supposed to have a circus performer and a violinist, but they are now booked. So we were meant to have them last year when it was going to happen, mm. and then this year they're booked. But hopefully they'll join us again next year. Um, so is it going to be so like yeah. an occurring event, like festival? Is that what you're hoping yeah, for? Exactly. I'm hoping that it will be. So anyone that's from Hastings or familiar with Hastings, we have like beer fest and pram race and Jack in the Green. And when these events are being listed off, I want Black Magic Fest to also be in that conversation. I want it to be a central event to the Hastings culture and I want it to be something that people look forward to every year and that grows every single year um, and just becomes like a really, really beautiful, successful event that allows me to exhibit all of the wonderful, talented young people um, and old people and middle people and everybody else, every other age, but especially young people, give them opportunities and chances to, um, to just have that stage time and that opportunity to perform and feel what that's like and and um, and to feel like a celebrity and to feel like a superstar. And when you perform in front of a live crowd, there's like a crazy rush, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, no other feelings are definitely to like new up performers have a chance to have that stage. So. Oh no, I write that. But um, I'm also asking everyone this. Do you think Drag Race should become more diverse? Like, queens, kings, you know what, this is basically for my dissertation, I can air this out if you want it, gone, I don't have to put this into the podcast, it's just my own research, no names, nothing like that, no it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's just my own dissertation, that's it, it's not the audio, I'll scrap that, I definitely, my views has definitely changed on, I used to just, like I only considered drag as men that dress up as women and women that dress up as men because for me there needed to be a element of gender distortion and that's because that's what I grew up thinking drag was. Um, I now appreciate definitely like cis females that do drag queens. Um, I don't I don't know if I how I'd feel about a, 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 just a man doing drag as a drag king because you're just. If you already have me, you don't have to draw it on this. Like, what? I don't know how much you would do. Like, what is there much to do? I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I guess if it's like cosplay, sure. Okay, take that back. But I, and I, I so I'm, I'm still getting to a place then where I pre- like understand all types of drag. I think it's because when people was like, every person paints their face so different. If you look at Trixie and you look at Cartier, right, there's two examples. So there is no drag style of makeup. No. So then my argument was, is Beyonce going, uh, okay, because Beyonce, oh, well, that's her real name. Let's do, say when she goes out of Sasha Fierce, right? She's in a costume, she's in a wig, she's in a full face of makeup and she's performing under a stage name. Does that not make Beyonce a drag queen? Because that's what drag queens do. If the, if you don't, if it's just saying, well, you're a drag queen because you have got a wig on, you've got makeup on, you're performing on stage and under a stage name, you're a drag queen. 
even if it's a girl who's just born as a girl. Do you know? Do you get what I'm saying? I get where what, you're coming where's from. That, where's that blur of like, is Nicki Minaj a drag queen then? Are we changing the definition of what it means to be a drag queen? Because if it's not a man dressing up as a woman, that was my only hang up was that I didn't understand then what's the new definition of drag? Are we saying then that you're a drag queen if it's about the performance you've put in? Or is it that you're doing a costume because is it not a costume that, that every other celebrity when they go on tour, are they not doing costumes? If we're removing the start gender and the end gender, that transformation as the requirement for drag, then what do we now define drag as? You can't just define it as an art form. It can be an art form, but there's no art style of drag. So how do you determine you are just doing your makeup that way and you're doing a drag look? I just was like struggling with what the new definition is. I think quite like, a lot of people are like that. You don't have to be defensive with me at all. Like, well, it's not, it's, I think that's the way that my brain works is I like things, I need things to be defined. I, I get you it, know? I get it. I'm not that's judging you. I'm just... At least. Um, but I'm I'm all here for like if you want to do that and you're doing like some I've got a really good friend who is a cis female drag performer and I love her and I think she's amazing I think her looks are crazy like crazy good right and I think they're amazing the second part of that is I don't think that they should be on drag race and this is nothing to do with whether or not I think that they're doing drag or whether or not I think that it gives them an unfair advantage because I don't I think if you've got to do costumes and wigs and all that it's the same my issue is that people that are like the majority of the audience that watches drag race and what makes it successful are straight people there's not enough gay people to watch it alone right yeah no of course um straight people don't want to watch a girl do drag as a drag queen straight people watch it because they want to see bitchy gay men on a competition show and if you start adding in cis straight women who do drag as drag queens or women that are going on and doing drag kings as men it's going to kill the show in my opinion as a show the way it runs to do a change that big in its 14th season would kill the show in my honest opinion see and i also- don't know i think because it's french like it's going everywhere now I've, i'm finding it a bit boring now oh yeah i get that i get that i do understand i feel like it needs it- a spice these are five spice that's the spice that would work because the audience that's not what they want but they love got mick do you know what i mean got mick is a but got mick is a campy gay man an effeminate gay man who was quite bitchy and that's what they want they want bitchy gay men so it's not it's not it's not that people don't want women drag i just think that that's a that's a separate show this is, no, this that's, is, that's totally fair. I'm not discarding There's another it. show that's called RuPaul's Drag Race Kings Edition, and it's a women dressing up as drag kings, or a RuPaul's Drag Race drag extravaganza that is anyone doing... Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, make no. A make, make a, a spin-off. Make a series. I just don't think putting it on Drag Race and it is the right thing for Drag Race. So do you think a spin-off would be better than putting it... Yeah. That's fair. That's fair enough. It's RuPaul's show, and RuPaul doesn't want them, so us discussing it amongst ourselves and then attacking people that don't agree on it or whatever to me is pointless because mm. it's never going to happen because it's RuPaul's show and it's VH1's <laughs> show and I don't think that they ever want they don't want women on the show they're making enough money at the end of the day that is the main yes. reason of it yeah, no, I, I was just intrigued I'm not going to put that in at all don't worry that's just for no, my own people to get out of context and when I when this whole beef kicked off it was, it was it was another drag race queen um who had said it and I shared their article and I was like mm, yeah I kind of agree with this kind of agree with some of this 
and instead of like when I was asking people like what I said to you like the, the real question I'm trying to work out is how are we now defining drag as then like what is the new definition because I think obviously it was dress resembling the girl and then it's become this other like gender thing and like blah 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 mm. but they didn't have an answer either and so then it made it more difficult because more they questionable to, they didn't want to like how are we now define drag then mm. what's the new definition if it's not gender distortion as an art form with performance and it's now anyone can do any type of drag whether you're straight or like that was the other thing is like allowing straight cis women to compete on drag race is removing the queerness because you're just a straight cis woman mm. and even though you're partaking in a queer event you're not queer so then you have to add in the parameters of, are we only then accepting queer people? But then if drag is just an art form now, and it's not about that transformation, then why does it matter if you're queer? Let's have straight people on. But then it's like, do we want straight people on? Because it's not a straight thing. But if we've got to accept everyone because drag is just an art form, we can't say, well, it's an art form, so everyone's welcome, but only if you're gay. Because we've... But we had... um. Oh, it was quite early on in Drag Race. There was a guy that had children on there. Yeah, but he's not straight anymore. No, but still. So like, to meet Shramana's kids. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, well, Scary guy's bisexual. Yeah. But... I don't think... I don't think that that's the issue. I think the issue is that once you start moving the post and it's this political correctness thing of, well, we have to let... It, because queer community is meant to be so accepting and drag is meant to be so accepting if a straight straight white woman cis white woman wants to come and do drag we have to accept her because we're an accepting community yeah. but who do you keep accepting up to what point of like actually then it removes the point of having a queer community or having a safe space and drag was meant to be a queer safe space but if we're now saying that anyone can do drag because it's commercialised. Like, before it was on RuPaul's Drag Race, no straight woman wanted to do drag, barely. There might have been a few, but they probably had an intimate relationship with queer people in their life. Mm. I can't imagine that pre-drag race, there were loads of cis women drag queens. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, like, way off the mark, right? But it just doesn't doesn't feel right to me. Something about that feels off. No, that's totally fair. Everyone's open to their own opinion. At the end of the day, I'm only doing research of how people feel about it, and I've had a couple of them on my actual research survey as well. You're not the only person. But um, I think I think the difference is that quite a lot of people only realise what gay, like, drag drag queens were, not drag kings. We've always been foreshadowed with, um, like, lesbian gay bars, if that made sense. And the drag king development there, we've always had more on, let's say, the right side of men being drag queens. And this is where I think it kind of divides. So I think it would be good if Drag Race did split it, but they had their own spin-off on that. And then people could have their own history of it and not divide it well, into two. That's what I mean. now start adding drag kings into Drag Race, I think one, they'd always be at an unfair disadvantage because the... Um, the Drag Race fandom, the format is set up in the idea of female drag challenges, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think as well, then you're joining something that already exists. Why would you not want to create something new that you can be yeah, proud no, of? Yeah, no, I get it. This, like, imagine having a new season one of America's Drag Race, but it's drag kings. Mm. Like, there's a whole, there's a whole other thing that's like from every perspective of an audience perspective, of a money making perspective. That's the real 
Yeah, like no, a, I get it. Old drag race show, or like Boulay Brothers made. Yeah, Dragula. drag Dragula's doing so good recently. It doesn't have to be drag race. It can be somebody else's drag show. It doesn't have to. I'm. Oh, I can tell you. You're not keeping it in. I'm going to film for a TV show on the 24th to the 29th of this Wait, month. Congrats. In, um, in Devon, Exeter, and it's going to be on. It's like a drag, like reality TV show, kind of like the style of like um, Geordie Shore, where you like live with each other. Oh my god, no! Uh, oh my god, you gotta send me a link so to that. So many like, uh, there's opportunities to make other drag content. It doesn't have to be Drag Race. No. But we're so fixated because Drag Race kind of has a monopoly on it that we're like, well, it has to be Drag Race because who else is going to do it? Mm, RuPaul no. has to be the saint and saviour of everyone and RuPaul has to be the person that brings trans people in and just women and uh, why he doesn't want to do that do it yourself find yeah. something else to do do you know what I mean like I get want, it I get it it's not it's not for RuPaul to be the per- like you can't in one breath be like I hate RuPaul because he does fracking and then be like but I'm going to go on the show because I want to be the first I want to be the first person to do this like that pisses me off when people go on drag race it's so hysteric it's such a hypocrite moment <laughs> before like it's when people before they go on drag race are dragging and slagging off RuPaul and then they go on drag race and they afterwards carry on dragging off RuPaul why did you go on Drag Race? Like, like you clearly like you are using the show to benefit and grow. You know that it obviously does that. Like, but like, just shut your mouth. Like, it just frustrates me because it feels like you're happy to use someone, but you mm. have all these issues. If you're so morally um, against RuPaul and all that he stands for, all that he's not the most progressive on trans rights. I agree. I think that he is not the most progressive on trans rights. I think the fracking thing and all of that, like, I agree. Do you want to know what really fucks that. me off with RuPaul? Where he went on um, Jimmy Kibble and was like, I am the mother of drag. I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut up. This is enough as well. But you won't hear me bitch about it publicly because I want to go on drag race. And when I get on drag race, listen, my mum my could come for the main Do a Ginny Lemon. Just do a Ginny Lemon. And RuPaul could say... The loser of this week's challenge is Jack's mum, and now she's going to be fed to sharks. But the winner of this week's challenge is Jack. I'd be like, thank you, RuPaul, thank you so very much, sir, thank you for me, because I want to win this shit. Like, you don't, don't, you can't do one thing in one breath and be like, RuPaul's so bad, and then on the other be like, I want to go on RuPaul's Drag Race and win the show, like... Oh, yeah, I get it, I get it. you got to play your cards right. To me, show her new life, she's literally been like... I would, uh, uh, this day is so rigged. They treated me so badly, but I definitely got on All Stars. I'm like, bitch, like, <laughs> were you breaking the NDA, dragging off the whole show, saying it's rigged, and then you're saying you're going to come back for All Stars? Pick, pick and choose, like, flip flopping, they Elizabeth in this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got one more question. What okay. are we going to expect from Paris Grande this year? So this year, expect um, costuming coming soon oh okay um, you brought a sewing machine are we gonna start sewing i've been sewing for a while now i've been making the costumes for a while now but get that gun going making some commissions um Ooh. makeup gigs so if you want your face beat for your wedding or for Ooh. you need to come in drag or anything like that hit me up um i'm going to be doing a lot of shows i've got three nights a week um regular shows at the village in kemp town brighton I'll be posting when I'll be performing on my Instagram. Um, regular gigs at Hastings, got some work coming at Hastings Pride, some other events I'm putting on with Dr. Jekyll's in Old Town. 
um, just a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of performances, a lot of music videos, uh, maybe some original music, maybe a possible poetry book. I wrote poems that I like. Author, I, I read Bray, I read Minds now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's like, it's not drag related. It's more um, race and racism and queerness and all of that sort of thing. But yeah, a bit of poetry, just uh, new merch all the time. Just keeping it, keeping it going, keeping it fresh, keeping it pushing and a Author. lot of new stuff. And where can our listeners find you? What is your Instagram handle? I am the Paris Grande at all social media. Turn on post notifications. I'm on Twitch. I'm on Instagram. Not on Snapchat. Please don't have me on Snapchat. Please don't have me on Facebook. You can like my page on Facebook, like the actual page, which is Paris Robin B. Grande Del Rey. But please don't add my private Facebook. <laughs> I get a lot of people add me on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I just have you on Instagram. I'm like, okay, cool. What is this like trans, trans um, platform following that you need to be like hopping across? We can keep it. We can keep the, the platform separate. All right. Personal, personal or business. Yeah, exactly. Like a follow on Instagram is not an endorsement for a friendship on Facebook. It's like LinkedIn and Facebook. And all of that. And it's like, I'm not doing it. I remember when you had loads of random people just coming in as well. And you're 600 people all added me in like the same day. And they were like all from this same town in Syria. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? But it was so many. And they were all messaging me trying to send me nudes. And I was like, no, 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 absolutely not. And my profile picture got like 800 likes and I was just like, this is crazy. And then they were all on my live streams. I had all these men from Syria I on remember. my live stream. Um, and I was like, I was turning, I was doing so many live streams that week. So I was like, well, I've got the people here. Uh. And I'm just like turning out like, kill the lights or something. And all these like Syrian men are like, yes, very nice boobies. And I'm like, baby girl, they're not real. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That is all my questions I have. Oh my god! Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Anytime, if you need anything else, just let me know. But um, this TV show, go on. I know I'm really excited. So it's been like another thing that's been like a. So is it like Big Brother? Is it like Big Brother? Kind of like a Geordie Shore Towie sort of thing where we just like go about our lives. But are you in drag all the time or just... Not all the time, but, like, we'll have, bit, like, things of us in drag in there. So, like, even, like Big Brother, where you have random tasks for food. No, no, it's just, no, it's not like a game show. Like, we're just, it's just, like, living a life. But, okay. But we all together. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, um, listen, I don't care what it is. It's telling. It's money, in it. So, it's not guaranteed, like, the way that shows work is they, so they do the casting, which they've done, and then we go and film the pilot... And then you have to show the pilot to networks and, and production um, companies. And then they decide whether or not they want to air the pilot. And then they refilm the pilot with the production company. Mm-hmm. And then it airs. And then if the pilot does well, then they commission the full show. I love that because I have a, I have actually seen online that they're, they're asking for loads of people in Exeter and Devon way. So it's looking bright. That should be good. So that's what that's what I was thinking. I was like, hang on, I literally read a casting thing for um, runners and producers Is and it? stuff. Yeah, it's on um, might... Facebook. It's like um, yeah, I see them all the time, but I um, it adds yeah, up on the twenty fourth. Yeah, it adds yeah. up. Yeah. Oi, oi! I'm excited for you. 
that should be on the telly soon. And then if uh, even if it only goes for like one season, I can use that to then get on Drag Race because I'm like they always like take like um, Davina De Campo was on that hundred. And yep. then Veronica Green had also sung on there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them had been on Britain's Got Talent. Like, all of them. Yeah, well, then the girls, Anu- Anubis and Joe Black have been on BBC already. And Sky. Um, yeah, they, they like it. They like it if you've already been on. So this could be my big break. You and Maisie Susan on an episode, please. <laughs> please, you and Tom Cola, please. I think it'd be so much fun. Oh, I love Lazy Susan so much. <laughs> is that... She's from Portsmouth, isn't she? No, she's from Brian. Is she in Brian? Yeah, she lives in the marina. I shouldn't say where her location is, but... Yeah, marina. Oh, wait, maybe I follow somebody else called the same name. No, no, no. You de- you've definitely had a conversation with Lazy Susan. I've seen it on Facebook. Huh? Oh, no. Lazy Susan. That's Layla Susan. That's Lazy Susan. Lazy Susan. How would you spell Lazy Susan? Who's she? Lazy, like Lazy Town, and then Susan. Oh? Yeah. Okay. I don't follow her back. (laughs) I feel bad. No, he's jokes. He works with my other half at Spoons. He's quite funny, to be honest with you. I did a podcast with him. It's quite funny. I can't wait. I have to... Let me know when they... Are they going to be, like, aired so can I watch them? Yeah, I'm putting Lazy Susan out tomorrow. I'm going to edit that tonight. It's just I that just I've been so unwell. Like, I just... I can't. Sorry about it at the minute. Huh? can't deal with editing at the minute. <laughs> like, I have moments where I'm like, yes, I can do a whole day of it. And then some days I'm like... Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Are you feeling better now, though? Yeah, so much better. I think I was just running myself down. Mm-hmm. And plus, like... The lump in my boob was obviously triggering. Yeah. <laughs> and emotional. Well, it's not that now, and you can... Yeah, I can just chill out, I guess. But... Yeah. Well, I've literally got, like, um, a haul that I did, a haul that I filmed, a music video, and a makeup video of my friend, and I still haven't edited any of them. What do you use? Premiere? I was going to say, it's big up Premiere. Long. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> nah, I have to be in the right mood to do it, if that made sense. I can't I'm just be like, I'm going to do it today. It has to be booked in the calendar, like, oh, maybe next week. <laughs> and it gets to next week and I just don't. I just, I give up. <laughs> nah, you should do it. I'm going to motivate you. Do the whole one. I'm not going to do it today. Tomorrow. <laughs> Friday. Maybe. Friday, TGIF Friday, Holt Friday, Holt Friday. But, um, um, that's what I do, I set myself a date. I'm like, okay, if I announce it on my Instagram that it's coming out on this day, I have, then to. I have to have it edited by that time. So I'll decide a time today and I'll announce it. And I'm well, like, it's coming out on this I day. Better, I'm going to put a thumbs up, I'm going to be, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm motivate you. <laughs> Right, I'm going to go because I'm hungry. But thank you. We actually spoke for ages. Let me know if you need anything else, like if there's any bits that... Well, I'm going to I'm gonna bloop out that, that conversation that we had at the end, but I'm going to include the whole gig thing, and that's it, really. Yeah, work whatever. <laughs> but thank you. No worries. Let me know if you need anything like I said. Well, hopefully I'll see you at your gig. 
Yep, third, fourth, and fifth are the dates that confirmed. I'll have to let you know because I think I might be having an internship. But if it's in the well, evening, I should I should be all right if that made sense. If I don't get really shit faced, I should be all right. Yeah, I've got second, third, and fourth of June for Definer, and then in July on the tenth in Hastings, I've got a gig, and then in August on the seventh in Hastings as well, I've got a gig. That's all right, isn't it? So I will let you know, but I'm just, like I'll be getting booked regularly in Brighton now, so. Mm. Sorry, TV impersonator. <laughs> oh, yes. You need to go on um, The Circle next. I would love they're, to. They're after um, people to sign up for August and November. I can send you a link if you want, because I've worked yeah. with the company before. So. I'd love to go on The Circle. <laughs> it's um, Ricochet, so. I think I'd win as well. I really do. I'm well, who so would you do? Yeah. Like, I, obviously, I did media studies. But, yeah. like, I've had about 15 Twitter accounts that I've managed to get to, like, 50 to 90k, like, followers. Uh, when I used to make Facebook videos, I had 175k. My boy account before I started losing followers from inactivity was, like, 21k. I've already got to 11k on this account. Like, I'm quite good at social media, so I feel like there's no reason why I wouldn't be able to win a show that's centred around being good on social media. Mm. But who would you do, though? That's the thing. That's... I'd be Simon the Bin Man. No, I'd be like a nurse. Uh, I feel like you could rock that. Susan the nurse. Do it, apply, apply. No, someone's done that one. Someone's done that. I've had a really tough time with dealing with all the people I've seen die from COVID. It's just been like really difficult. I think someone's already done that one, though. A cancer doctor, a, ch- a children's cancer doctor, an oncologist. Oh, you've gone so deep. Oh, uh, honey, and I'm going to go so deep all the way to the win. Uh. <laughs> right, I'm going. I'll send you the link. I'll see you later. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>